the anatomy of a gossiping tongue. Happy Mother's Day. Turn to someone next to you and say, this is not a Mother's Day message. This has nothing to do with moms. It has everything to do with your heart and my heart. Amen. James 3, 7 to 10 says, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. This is something that only God can do. It is a reckless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. And with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Father, we entrust the next few minutes into your hands. Our hearts are warmed by your presence and we thank you. Thank you that your word changes us from glory to glory. So God, come and have your way in our midst. Deal with us. We are your people and we want to shine for you. Be glorified. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's start by defining gossip and what we're referring to here in this short teaching. I would define it as sharing a negative report with someone about others behind their backs. Sharing a negative report about others behind their backs. And it's usually subtle. And when it's in the church, it's usually uh, disclosed and covered up with spirituality and a spiritual lingo, Christian lingo. You've probably heard it before. Uh, you know, I'm concerned about brother so-and-so. I'm concerned about sister so-and-so. You know, I'd like you to help me pray for such and such because I'm worried about their spiritual well-being. And subtly just opening the door to some communication that's bringing somebody down or sharing something negative about somebody else. Uh, sometimes they approach you and say, um, you know what? I'm speaking to you because I know you're spiritual. I know, I, know, I know you won't share this with anybody else. Meanwhile, they're sharing that with you, you know? You're my favorite usher. I need to share something with you. You're my favorite elder. I need to, and there's nothing wrong with having favorites in the house of God. I tell both my daughters that they're my favorite. But uh, when it excludes others or it, it begins to compare one with the other and, and you're basically saying, I like you, but I don't like everybody else, um, then it's already bringing somebody down. It's already meant to harm. It's, it's with the ill intent in the heart. So this negative report that's shared with others could be faulty information, only partially true, not the whole picture, unverified truth. Or twisted truth. It could be fabricated information. Not true at all. Uh, there, our own interpretation of what we saw or what we heard. Right? And before we even get the facts. We're already making a, a picture of what it is. And we're sharing it with somebody else. It could be faulty information. It could be fabricated information. Or it could actually be factual. But not ours to share. Are, are you with me this, this afternoon? It could be something true, but it's not in our position to be sharing it 
with somebody else. Proverbs 20, 19 says that the talebearer reveals secrets. All right? So what makes gossip gossip is not basically just the information that is shared, but the poison that's placed on the dart before it even comes out of our mouth. So let's go to the root of gossip. What is it that is provoking someone, you and I, to share something that shouldn't be shared? Now, before we think of people that that are good and bad, and we look to the left, and this is for her, or this is for him. This is for all of us, because we know the nature that we have, and we know that you and I are all potentially gossipers. We can all share something that we shouldn't share. How many, oh, I shouldn't ask you to raise your hand, but <laughs> if we were to raise our hands, we could all confess to saying something that we shouldn't say about somebody else, or even giving ear to something that we shouldn't have entertained in the first place. The root of gossip is in the heart. Luke 6, 45 says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. And that's you and I. That's, there's good in us. The nature of Christ. The redeemed nature as Christians. Born again by his spirit. But there's an old nature. How many of you know that? That an old nature that, that, that still is evil. It's, it's God working in us. Trying to. And, and, and sanctifying us. And purifying us. And making us more like Christ. But that nature is in us. So the evil man out of the evil of his heart brings forth that which is in there. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In the King James, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if, if I were to take the DNA of this tongue that only God can tame and send it to some ancestry thing to find out, you know, where the roots are, it would not go, it would not lead to my Irish ancestry. You know, to the O'Neills, nobody's laughing. Um, <clears throat> it's okay. It's not, it's not a product of my Puerto Rican heritage. You know, I just talk and share what I share because I'm Puerto Rican. I'm like that. You know, us Hispanics, we're, we're honest people. We just got to, you know, tell it like it is. No, it goes all the way back to my first mom and dad, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden, right? Because it was there that the first gossiper injected the poison into their hearts. The serpent, Satan, Lucifer, who once praised the Almighty in the presence of all the angels, is now coming and questioning God's ways and questioning God's motives. Did God say? Did God really say that you can't eat of all these trees in the garden? Distorting what God has spoken, sowing doubt as to God's will for mankind misrepresenting the very heart and the very character of God and sowing it and injecting and infusing it into the heart of humanity, into the heart of Adam and Eve. And therefore, it's in us that potential to speak what we shouldn't speak, that potential to entertain what we shouldn't entertain with our ears. Proverbs 17, 4 says, a wicked person listens or gives heed to false lips and a liar pays attention or gives ear to a destructive tongue. So it's not just the one who speaks it, but the one who entertains it. It's not just the sin of speaking gossip. It's the sin of kind of like, yeah, you know, right? I hear you. 
Let's pray about it. And also, the, the, the group, the group uh, can, can lead to some people in the group just assenting. Not saying anything, just hearing it out and not standing for truth in the midst of where gossip is beginning to, to, to brew. So we speak according to what is in our heart. We speak to, according to what our heart is full of. Let me give you just a few things that our heart can have inside which would lead to gossip. Which may or can lead to gossip. And uh, if you want to write this down, jot this down, you could just spell the word heart. And it will be easier for you to remember. The H. Hurts. Sometimes we speak out of hurts and wounds of the past. There have been people who have been wounded by leadership in the churches. There have been people who have been shamed and sat down from ministry and they harbor that, that pain, that resentment. And out of that hurt, they speak hatred, high-mindedness, pride, thinking myself better than somebody else. And when I speak about them, I feel better about myself. When I bring them down, it makes me lift myself up. So the H, hurts, hate, high-mindedness. The E, envy. They got a position, I didn't get it. They're being exalted, lifted up, and I'm not, and I envy. I envy what they have, I envy what they are, I envy where they're going, and I speak out of that envy. The A, attention. Some people just speak out of the need for attention, to get attention, or acceptance. You want to be with that group. You want to join in and, and you don't want to feel left out. You don't want to feel like a reject. You don't want to feel holier than thou and bring. So you just join in and you entertain this gossip because you want to be accepted. Selfish ambition, arrogance, pride. The R, resentment, rage. There could be rage. It's still in the house of God. There are people who are angry because of the elections. And you hear this all through the, the, the workplace. People just dumping on, on politicians and, and you join in and you just think that it's okay because that's the spirit of this age. But you're a Christian. You're washed in the blood. And your mouth and your, your tongue belongs to God. And your speech should honor God and not bring so-and-so down or so-and-so uh, uh, into bad repute. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is something real. This is something that we're, we're, we're uh, uh, dealing with on a daily basis. And the T, I put temporary gratification. Just felt good to say that, get that off my chest, deflect my own pain, my own flaws and my frustrations and speak about somebody else's flaws for a while. So these are things that come out of our own heart. When they question Jesus about eating this or eating that, he says, that's not the issue. The issue is what comes out of man's heart, not what goes in. Amen? Those are the issues that are key that we need to deal with. But we also speak according to what our heart lacks. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So it's not just the, the, the presence of death, but it's the absence of life. You see, where there's life lacking in the heart, then it's going to manifest itself in what we speak. If I'm out of the presence of God, if I'm not delighting myself in Him, if I'm not soaking myself and bathing myself in His presence, if I'm not delighting myself in the glory of God, then what's going to come out of my mouth is not going to be edifying, it's not going to be honoring, it's not going to be pleasing to our Father, because it lacks His power and it lacks His presence. Amen? 
Proverbs 10, 18 and 19 says, He that slanders is a fool. And he who refrains his lips, he who keeps his lips shut, I can say it, but I'm not going to, is wise. He who refrains his lips is wise. So when we speak things that we shouldn't speak, we lack wisdom. We don't understand what we're doing. Maybe we do sometimes. But most of the time, we don't understand fully what we are doing. We lack love. We lack true concern and compassion, even though we disguise it with, with Christianese. We lack grace and gentleness. We lack the, the, the quality of edifying one another and encouragement. So we speak out of what is abounding in our heart, and we speak out of what lacks in our heart. Now, the repercussions of this gossip, nothing less than destruction and division. It's not pretty, folks. It's not pretty. Gossip can destroy a church. Gossip can destroy a family. Gossip destroys families, destroys denominations, destroys congregations and ministries, destroys people's lives. It divides asunder. It's the nature of, of the evil one to divide and to destroy and to kill. James 3, 5 says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark, by a small spark in a dry forest is able to cause a great forest fire. There is fallout in the life of the person who gossips. It affects me when I speak things that I shouldn't speak. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his lips guards his very life. When you, when you feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost, should I say it? No, I should not say that. Don't say it. The Holy Spirit is pleading with you. It's, it's fighting for your life, for your spiritual life. It's, it's, it's offering you life and death right before you. And it's saying, don't, don't speak it. It's not edifying. It's not conducive to unity. It's not conducive to, to the, 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 the love in the body and the edifying of the brethren. When we gossip or we give ear to gossip, we're entertaining these things to our own hurt. James 3 says it sets the whole course of one's life on fire in verse 6. The message, translation the message reads like this. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, mud Throw mud on a reputation. Send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. That's James 3 verse 6 in the message. It brings judgment upon us. Romans 1 verses 29 through 32 lists a whole bunch of sins. And it lists gossip and slander, whisperings, backbiting, right alongside sins like murder, depravity, malice, and greed. Sometimes we, we, we totem pole the sins and, you know, it's just a little gossip. But it's right there alongside of murder. Because we're, we're, think of it, we're, we're, we're stabbing people. We're hurting our brothers and sisters. Those who were made in the image and likeness of God. 
It grieves the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And then it says in verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. It produces deception and delusion in our own hearts and a fruitless testimony. James 1, 26 says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Our testimony becomes void. We want to live righteously. We want to impact the community. We want to touch the lives of our neighbors and, and the touch the lives of our children. But if our tongue is not brought under the subjection of Jesus Christ, if it's not submitted to the power and authority of his word and his spirit, then we are living a delusion. We're preaching one thing with our lips and we're living another thing with our mouth, with our, with our lives. And we're speaking with a, a forked tongue. We're speaking with, the, with the, the double-mindedness of someone who's not steady in their ways. And we're giving a tainted picture of who God is and what God represents. Woe to the person by whom the offense comes, Matthew 18 says. But it's in the context of the father not willing that any should perish. It's talking about the one who goes after the one and leaves the 99. There's fallout not only in our own lives, but there's fallout in the lives of others. You are, it doesn't matter what social status you come from. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter what car you drive or the car you don't drive. It doesn't matter what clothes you wear. You are a person of influence. Turn to someone next to you and say, you're a person of influence. I'm a person of influence. There are people that are going to be influenced by my testimony, whether I try to live in a bubble or not. And what I speak is going to influence those around me. Amen. Proverbs 16, 28 says a whisper separates friends. And in Proverbs 17, 9, it says separates the very best of friends. You could destroy a friendship because of rumors, because of gossip, because of some spoken word that shouldn't have been spoken. Proverbs 11.9 says, with their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors. Fallout in the lives of others. Neighbors who won't come to Christ. People who just don't want to do anything with church. Because they've seen a gossiping tongue. With the label of Christian on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Division, strife, confusion. People lose heart. Spiritual decay. People begin to backslide. Because of what they've heard going around. Murdering someone in the eyes of someone else. Killing a, a leader, a church leader. And they, can, they sit down, they can't even hear the message. They can't even hear what they're speaking. All they hear is wah, 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 wah. Because what's resounding in their mind is the gossip that came. The poison that came into their ears about this brother or about this sister. Wow. Sometimes it comes disguised. I can't believe this church actually still does that. You know what? Why are they here? Why are you here? You can, you can speak to them. Why are you here? If you have something against the leadership, why are you here? Do not share that with other people. Do not share dissension and strife. Do not set, uh, uh, sow suspicion as to where the church is going. Don't sow it. Don't. There are plenty of churches that you can go to. See if that works over there. Not here. Not here. Not now. People are looking to this church for guidance. 
People are looking from all across this nation, all across the world, to Times Square Church in this hour, in this time. God has given us a platform. It's not time to taint the testimony of a good and faithful God. It's deadly, folks. It's against Christ. It's against love, life, mercy, unity. It's against trust and truth. It's against gentleness and growth. It's against faith and faithfulness. It's against order and hope and humility. It's against everything Christ stands for. If you hear something, you know, in New York City, there's signs all over, posters that say, if you see something, say something. Right? Because that bag that's left unchecked could be something left by a terrorist. If you hear something, my friends, it could be deadly. If you hear something, say something. Stand up for what's right. Stand up and don't, don't just say, okay, I'll pray about it. No, stand up for what's right. The Bible is clear on what we should do. First of all, put a stop to it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Doesn't it say woe to those who bring the offense? But this is the different woe. This is whoa, right there. Stop, stop right there. Hold on. You're speaking about my brother here. You're speaking about my, my pastors here. You're speaking about my sisters here. Whoa, whoa, hold on there. Before you share anything else, hold on here. Put a stop. Point to scriptures. Point to scriptures. The Bible says in Matthew 18, when someone has sinned against you, you have something against somebody else, go, go point out their faults just between the two of you. Thank you, brother. Just be, I must be sweating up a storm. It's just the shine, the natural shine, <laughs> the glory. <clears throat> just between the two of you. So you can say something when you hear something. Have you spoken to that person? Have you, have you confronted that person with the issue? I know you're concerned. I know your concern may be valid, but have, can we call this person right now? So we could usually a gossiping tongue wants to avoid that. Usually they won't approach you anymore after the, but if they're sincere in their concern, because this is what we want. We want that not one would perish. We don't want to, oh, you're a gossiper. You're a, you don't belong here. You're a gossiper. I'm not a gossiper. No, it's not about that. We're all potential gossipers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We can all fall short of this in, in, in this aspect. But if you hear something coming your way, you can put a stop to it and you can point to scriptures and you can do things the right way. You can encourage your brother, your sister to do things the right way. First thing is first, before bringing it to leadership, before bringing it to any brothers or sisters, go to them. You want to gain that brother. It may be a misunderstanding. Yes, it can be. We're flawed. We, we have erasers on pencils because we make mistakes. It's just the way it is. We're human beings. Just because we're sanctified doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. We speak things, we do things that may offend. Offenses will come. So listen, you can point to scriptures and say, why don't we bring that person over here so we could settle that issue and, and deal with the issue? Or have you spoken to that person? And pray for the spirit of love. If you're going to pray, don't just pray these vague prayers. Pray for God to come and convict and God to come and do something mighty in the midst of the fellowship of the brethren. Where two or three are gathered, there the Lord is. He's there to bring together, to unite, to bring healing where healing is needed. Amen?
So <clears throat> the context of reaching out and confronting is all in the context of restoring one to the truth, restoring somebody that not one would perish. It's the shepherd that leaves the, the 99 to reach that one sheep. And lastly, the remedy. So the root is in the heart. The repercussions are fallout in my life, in your life, and in other people's lives when we share things we shouldn't share. But what is the remedy for gossip? If you've been hurt by gossip, if you've been the victim of gossip, if you have participated in gossip, if you have listened to something and you didn't correct it in the right way, what is the remedy? What is it that you and I can do? Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The remedy for gossip is the word of God, is the word, the anointed word of God. It's when we come to God and say, speak to me, deal with the issues of my heart. Like Pastor Dave used to say, shine the, your Holy Ghost spotlight on my heart and deal with issues that probably I don't even want to deal with. God, your word has to examine me. Like the psalmist says, search me and know my ways and see if there be any wicked way in me. Amen. The psalmist said in Psalm 141, 3 says, set a watch, set a guard, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. The word of God challenges and deals with the very root of the issue. It's not just about stopping gossiping. It's about stopping it at its root. It's not just about changing our, our words and saying something positive instead of negative. It's God dealing with the heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Proverbs 26, 20 says, where there's no firewood, the fire goes out. So we're asking God, God, deal with this firewood within me, all the issues in my heart that are leading me to listen to this stuff and to be attracted to this stuff or to share this stuff. God, I don't want this. If there's hatred in my heart towards a brother, if I'm seeing them with tainted eyes, God, I need you to touch my heart. I want to love them like you love them. I want to see them with the eyes that you have for them. You touched the blind man, oh God. You asked him, how do you see? And he was honest with you. He came clean. He says, I see men like moving trees. Jesus touched him again until he saw what he needed to see. And Jesus will touch you and me if we're honest with him and say, God, I'm not seeing people clearly. I'm not seeing the ministry clearly. I'm not seeing the church clearly. I'm not seeing my brother and my sister clearly. God, you've got to touch my eyes. Speak to me through your word and change me through your power, the power of your word. We sang this morning, I, I am the God who heals you. I sent my word and I healed your disease. Amen. Psalm 139, 23 says, I think this is, yes. Search me, O God, and know my heart. I read that already. So we asking God through his word to challenge and deal with the issues of my heart so that my tongue will bless his name. So that my tongue will edify the body. So that my tongue will be a witness of the glory of God. So that the praises of God will be on my lips. And many will fear and tremble and know that he is God. Secondly, the word produces a holy reverence for God. That changes our direction. When, when we're in the word and God is dealing with the word. The spirit of God through, brings back to remembrance that which he has spoken to us. 
And he is that guard at our lips. He is the one that checks us. He is that voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in. And he's also the one who says, don't say that. Don't share that. I know it seems like the perfect time to share it, but don't share it. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Bring it to me and let me deal with the issues. Amen? It, it produces a reverence for God, a fear of God. You know that God is listening. You know that God is seeing every move you make. You're not a, a, an island to yourself. You're not just freelancing in the Christian world. Oh, I, I can do, I can speak as I say. No, you have a father who knows the intentions even of your heart. Hebrews 4.13 says, nothing is hidden from God's sight. Everything is laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. In other words, we will give account to him. And we fear God. Proverbs 16, 6, we reverence him. He says, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. We were going this way, but the fear of God caused us to go this way. We were going to speak this, but the fear of God constrained us. The spirit of the Lord, the word of God rose up within our hearts, and now we're speaking a different way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My mom, when I was just a teenager, she went through a painful divorce with my dad. And we moved to Puerto Rico, and I never heard a negative word from her lips about my dad. Never. She would not speak evil about him. She would encourage me to call him and to speak to him. She, people asked questions. It was, it was back in the 70s, and it was scandalous at that time. And, and people would ask questions. And she would never speak to anyone or to me or to my sister about the character of my dad. And one night, she was sleeping and God woke her up with a scripture verse on her mind and in her heart. She, she didn't know what the scripture was. She knew the text. It was like God was giving her the text. And she said, I got to look this up. And she went, she looked it up, not knowing what she was going to find. And she finds a, a, a verse, I think it's in Romans that speaks about who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? And began to deal with the issues of her heart. The word began to convict her of something she was harboring. Even though she did not share anything negative about it, it was dealing with the deeper issues of her heart until she finally said, God, I forgive him. I forgive him. I, I don't hold anything against him. And she shared that with me. And I was saying, I thought she had forgiven him. But the scriptures go deep. The scripture of the Lord goes deep. And the Lord knows what we need. And begins to deal with the issues of our heart. And she forgave my dad. She forgave him in such a way that it has restored the relationship of his children with him. And we're able to forgive him. And we're able to say, God, dad, we love you. And we love you in spite of what happened in the past. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We need to fear the Lord. She trembled when God began to rebuke her and reprove her with the scriptures. She trembled. She humbled herself before the Lord. She didn't say, well, I haven't spoken bad about him. I haven't. No, she said, forgive me, Lord. I am holding something against him. But God, you can deal with the issues of my heart. Amen. So whatever it is that you're dealing with, let the word of God do its work. The sword of the spirit penetrate, dividing soul and spirit and to the very intentions and motives of the heart. And lastly, the word of God is a gives us a revelation of his heart, which in turn changes the desires of our heart. 
The word of God says we're changed from glory to glory, from image to image. It says we've been given exceeding great precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. So as we come to the word, we're asking God to change us, to make us more like him. 1 Peter 2 verses 1 through 3 exhorts us to rid ourselves of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind and to crave the pure spiritual milk like newborn babes to say, God, feed me. Continue to change me. Continue to cause me to grow up. It's not we're going to be spiritual babes uh, 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 saying, Dada and Mama. It's not about that. It's not about immaturity. It's about growing speedily through the Word of God. It's about changing from image to image and glory to glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying this evening, this afternoon? We need to hunger and thirst for the Word of God that we may be changed into His likeness. Second Corinthians 3.18 And we all... With, who with unveiled faces contemplate or we behold the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image. So we've been, giving, we've been given this word so that we can change and that he can heal us so that we can see things the way he sees them. The word of God says, even in the commandments, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And sometimes we see it as just a do and a don't. But this is, this is the God of prophecy. This is the God speaking over his church. This is the God. When you let me deal with your heart, thou shalt not bear false witness. When you allow the word of God to become written on the tablets of your heart, you will not bear false witness. You will be someone who edifies the body of Christ. You will not gossip. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not just a do and a don't thing. It's, it's not just don't gossip, don't gossip. Oh, I, got, I, I can't gossip. God is promising to us through his word. He's saying, let my word get written on your heart and you will profess the glory of God through your mouth. You will not speak a false witness. You will be glorifying my name. You will be edifying the body. You will be representing me on this earth and in this generation. And you will bring glory and honor to my name through what you speak. Amen. Young David was persecuted by King Saul and he had the opportunity. He, many times uh, it was like Saul was delivered into his hands and he heard the voices. Now is your chance. Now is your chance. Raise your sword against him. He's thrown his javelin at you. Now is your time to get back at him. But the fear of God had become part of his life and he had been growing in grace and he had been delighting himself in the word of God and changing from glory to glory. And God's, God's heart was being shared with him and he says, I dare not touch the Lord's anointed. God forbid that I raise my hand. And he felt conviction in his heart even by, for, for cutting a piece of his garment. And he repented of that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When God gets a grip of our heart and the word begins to transform us, then we don't dare lift up our voices against the body of Christ. This is the bride of Christ. He's not ashamed to call us his body. This is the anointed. Christ means the anointed one. This is the body of Christ. God forbid that we would raise our hand or raise our lips, our tongue against the anointed of God. Amen. God forbid. We need a revelation through his word of the body of Christ. We need to see the beauty of Christ's body in our brother on our left and the sister behind us. In the one who leads worship and the one who, who collects the offering and the one who greets at the door. We need to see the body of Christ. The redeemed of the Lord. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Could you stand to your feet?
And I know this is a heavy message. It's not, it's not a clapper message, Colin. Honestly, I wanted a Mother's Day message. But this is what the Lord put on my heart. So we're going to open up the altars and let God do something in our hearts. We're going to entrust our mouth and our hearts into the hands of the one who said to Moses, who made man's mouth? I am able to tame your tongue. I'm able to deal with the issues that you have in your heart. So if that's you, if God is speaking to you, just come as the musicians play, as, the, as we worship. Come and trust God to deal with these issues of our heart. Come and surrender. The word of God says, present your members to the Lord. Let's present our tongues. Let's present our ears. Let's present our heart before God. Let's surrender our speech and yield to him and say, God, I've messed up, but I don't want to mess up. I want the fear of God in me. I want the love of God flowing through me and through the words I speak. I don't want to poison anybody or receive poison in my ears about anyone else. So if you need that power, if you need God to touch your life this afternoon, come, come. I believe God put this word on our hearts for today, for this hour. And he knew exactly who was going to be here. And we all need to respond in our hearts. We all need to respond. But God is speaking personally to you. Come, come with no shame. Just come and give your life to God. You need power to forgive someone who has spoken over you, leadership who has spoken over you. I've heard of church experiences where the pastor has shamed people from the very pulpit in front of the whole congregation and pointed, their out, pointed them out and pointed their sin out, shaming them. And they've never returned again to that church or to that denomination. If you're struggling with that issue of forgiveness, come, come. If you need the power to ask for forgiveness, the power to humble yourselves and says, you know what, sister, I shouldn't have shared that that I shared with you last week. I, I spoke out, out of ill intent and I, I, I'm sorry. If you need that power, come. Come and we're going to pray for you as well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. You're such a good God. You love the church. You love us, dear God. Enough to speak into the deep issues of our heart. God, and draw us to a place of surrender, draw us to a place of just abandonment to your will and to your ways. God, we cry out, take our heart, take our will, take our speech, take our motives, dear God, take everything about us. We want our lives to burn for you, to represent you, dear God in this generation to be a lighthouse, a lamppost, dear God, to point to the glory of a good God. Forgive us where we failed you, dear God, and begin to tame the issues of our heart and subdue that, dear God. We yield it at the altar. Put a death to hatred, put a death to envy and strife and anything else, dear God, that dishonors you in our heart. Deal a death blow through your word as we commit to just seeking you in the secret place, dear God. Deal with issues of our heart. Deal with those issues, dear God. And give us boldness. Give us strength now. Give us courage. Give us the faith. Give us power to humble ourselves, to, rip, to, to, to ask for forgiveness where forgiveness is needed, dear God. And to forgive those who have wronged us. 
God, we thank you. I pray for this church. I pray for every one of us. God, put a guard at our lips. Oh, God. Holy Spirit, check us. Put a check in our hearts, dear God. Father, 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 we need you. We need you in this hour. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouths, oh God. Don't allow it, dear God. And Father, when we slip, oh God, make us quick. Cause us to be quick to repent. Tender in your hands, pliable in your hands, moldable like clay in the potter's wheel. God, and change us from glory to glory through the power of your spirit, through the power of your word. And now bless our fellowships, dear God. Bless our fellowships. I pray you give gifts and callings, dear God, of exhortation and encouragement, dear God. Faithfulness and and, and faith in the body of Christ, dear God, that we would be healers of the brethren, that we would be speakers of life, dear God, in the power of our tongue, we would speak life into our children's lives. God, bless our families, bless our marriages, dear God, bless our communication in the home, dear God, let us be a, a, a garment of one piece, dear God, that we would speak the same things in church that we speak at home, dear God, we would not be double-minded. Oh God, oh God, let our voices glorify your name, let our children look at us and say, Say, truly, our parents are honest. They know God, and we want to be like them. We thank you for this. Glorify your name now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.